0: Hello, welcome to episode sixty nine. Hello, world. How the flippin' hell are you doing? How is everybody doing? I hope you're okay. I hope you're keeping well. And if you're under the weather, that you're looking after yourself. Um, yeah, isn't it a strange time? It's such a strange time in the world. Uh, coronavirus can't be avoided. I have mentioned it on the last podcast, but um, yeah. Hope you're washing your hands. And doing all the things you're told to do and uh, covering your mouth when you sneeze and you cough, which you should always do. Um, and, uh, yeah, and looking after yourselves generally. Um, yeah, I, I'm i a bit thrown by everything, really. It's, it's such a strange time and uh, I think there's so much misinformation. Um, and what is the right thing to be doing and what is the correct information and do we need to panic buy and all those things? Um, I, I don't buy into the panic buying thing, but I have found myself going into the supermarket and putting extra things in the trolley that I wouldn't normally eat, like tinned spaghetti, um, and other such items that I I don't know. So even there, even though I'm trying to remain calm, keep calm and carry on, I am thinking in, uh, ahead just in case of worst case scenarios. Um, and hand gel has run out all around the world. Um, I'm clinging on to half a pot that goes around with me at the moment. That'll be gone soon. Um, Yeah, so what do we do? What do we do? I suppose the only thing we can do... I mean, they're saying, don't just keep calm and carry on. Somebody said in, I think it was in The Guardian, don't use that old adage because we need to be a bit more aware of things and not carry on as normal. And that we might not be able to carry on as normal. Um, At this point, I think it was yesterday that all the schools in italy were closed so um yeah we'll see what happens in the uk i don't know what's happening in the part of the world that you are in um but wherever you are i hope that you are maintaining a level of well at least calm um in the midst of all this madness um it does mean that politics seems to have been pushed aside somewhat so there are some um silver linings to all clouds <laughs> um yeah it's just uh peculiar peculiar but anyway all i really wanted to say is that look after yourselves um keep clean and um i have today out about today i did notice um a mother had wrapped up her i suppose the child was probably about five or six um had put them in a pushchair that clearly was too big for them but had wrapped them in blankets had put a mask, uh, like um, a, a, a an animal mask, over the face of the child, and sunglasses, and uh, and some kind of rain hat. It's torrential rain as well. That's another thing that's getting everybody down in the UK. Anyway, is the bloody weather? It doesn't help, and we're told that when spring and summer comes, things, as they always do, viruses disappear. But um, but anyway, I had to voice it because you know, I'm part of the world and you're all listening from various parts, do let me know how you're doing. Do tell me how you're doing. Um, And uh, if we can be any consolation to each other and if I can be a calming influence, then so be it. I'm here. But anyway, on to the podcast. Um, So this this week I'm chatting to um, an old friend of mine, Mr. Phil Lawrence, Philip Lawrence, Phil Lawrence, I, I refer to him as Phil. Um, Phil writes for the UK's uh, biggest soap opera, EastEnders, um, for listeners outside of the UK. I'm sure some of you have heard of it, um, but it is the biggest soap. It's set in the East End of London and it's it's uh, it's a big one. Um, and Phil's writing for that and uh, also the TV show Casualty, who I've had a couple of other people on previously who've written for as well. But anyway, Phil is a, a wonderful chap, and it was really lovely to sit down and catch up with somebody uh, in this craziness, um, in the terrible weather, to sit down and just talk about other things, which we do, as you'll hear. So anyway, um, lots to talk about. We were actors together as well. Well, I'm still doing it, but Phil, Phil um, did bow out and decide to become a writer and is doing bloody well so anyway look forward to introducing you to phil shortly um yeah so i suppose really i'm going to jump on to uh, a recommendation something positive um that's been cheering me up in this strange strange time um there's an album by um well it's a he he is a called caribou his real name is dan snaith he's a canadian um, and he's released, I think it's probably his third album. Should have checked on that. Um, called Suddenly, and uh, it's 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 brilliant. And it actually sort of somehow, without being miserable, sums up for me where we are in the world. It's not political. Well, I'm sure it is in some ways, but it's not. It's not. Um, and he's not singing about certainly about viruses, but um, it just it, the atmosphere. It catches a certain atmosphere. It feels very now. Um, and I don't mean that in it it's trendy in it just the atmosphere of the world but not again not in a negative way I'm not quite sure what I mean listen to it and you'll find out but yeah um, Caribou Dan um, has uh, he's got uh, falsetto voice mainly um, and there are some brilliant tracks the one that I would take you to that um, anyone who listens to um, Radio 6 will have heard I was told by my sister previous guest um, that they've been playing on Radio 6 So it's clearly a a bit of a banger It's a track called Never Come Back um, And uh, I have that on loop sometimes And yeah, it's kind of got an insistent Persistent driving beat um, And driving keyboards um, And it's, it's wonderful uh, Other tracks are on it It's kind of across all sorts of styles um, Some of it's just like perfect pop Um some of it's a piano house but it's got a lot of synths and rock and jazz guitar so a lot of different influences um and i think it's a really interesting album and yeah so so go and if you are following my recommendations go and do that now discover that now on itunes or spotify or wherever you listen to your music i'd say that's the one um and oh yes tv we are at the just about to finish I think there's one more episode to go and it's not they're they're releasing it weekly is um, Stephen King's The Outsider and we're watching it on Fox in the UK Um, and uh, I think it's great I'm I'm not always a massive fan of Stephen King some of the older stories (coughs) I really have enjoyed and films and uh, I love uh, the idea of it But uh, this one is, I don't really want to give too much away, but it's kind of a very bizarre case of mistaken identities, I suppose, to start with, but it goes much deeper than that. And somebody's accused of a murder, but they seem to be, they were at the murder, but they were also somewhere else in the world at the same time. And anyway, it's... um, it's, some people might say it's a bit slow but I quite like the pacing in it um, and the cast is great and yeah go and watch that um, and it's a, again it's escapism um, but I think the uh, the tension that they build and the way that the use of music and everything in that show is, is incredible so that's my recommendation The Outsider um, and yeah that's it for now, I think, because um, I just want to jump in this week, go straight to our chat with Mr. Phil Lawrence. Take it away. So, right, so Phil, um, yeah, so we've known each other for we've just worked, said eighteen, possibly nineteen, coming up to nineteen, 19 years. years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, in a show called "I Am Star Trek," um, which I want you to explain to the audience. now, <laughs> Um but yeah you were, so you were a good one because you were playing Spock was your main yeah. I mean, that's the main thing I remember yeah. you being throughout it's probably because of my pointed ears yeah. Yeah. yeah yes oh yeah. No, yeah that's the only reason <laughs> no but I remember you adding the yeah, that's yeah a bit of an insult really <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's not good. I spent years cultivating these ears yeah I do I have pinched them as well so okay. <laughs> but Iron Star Trek was the life story of Star Trek feeling, yeah. all the life story of Gene Roddenberry, but told through Gene Roddenberry's eyes, wasn't it? Yeah. So Gene, um, Johnny Hansel played Gene, yeah, and he played it all the way through the play, whereas we came in and played the different characters, the writers, the fans, the yeah. stars, yeah, the conventions, yeah, that was fun, and it was good fun. And we did three iterations of it. Yes. And we added different stuff each time because Voyager happened and then Enterprise happened, so we tweaked it each uh, yeah, time. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was yeah. a big old Trekky rewrite. I felt like I was the resident Trekkie on the show. You were. That's I mean, fine. you were. I can take that. You and then I suppose Gareth probably the next one down. Gareth was yeah. Then live. Um, so yeah, so as a yeah as a fan, that, actually that's funny. I never think as a as a devoted fan that must have been yeah. I'm trying to think if I was doing a show about. The Walking Dead (laughs) which would be mine I'd be so happy if I was playing people at a Walking Dead convention so anyway yeah great it was a fun show we weren't particularly complimentary about the fans though were we? no I think we did didn't we get some we got some like fan hate somewhere down the line yes honestly ask who was it I can't remember I think it was Jenny that brought it to my attention Jenny's one of the other actresses hello Jenny um that somebody'd written on uh, like a forum back in the day when forums were a thing. Yeah, somebody said really that catchy. I wish death upon the cast of this show. Oh, uh, they'll get their wish one day. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's gonna happen. <laughs> um, hopefully later than sooner. Um, yeah, we'll have to, we'll have a look. At, we'll have to, we'll have to, we'll have to Google. Yeah, uh, Google I'm yeah. hate, hate, yeah. Um, anyway, but most people loved it, and um, yeah, there was a good few years. Did you do the musical? Well, you didn't do the musical, No, audition, I didn't no, do the musical. No, neither version. did I. Um, yeah, that went on. Um, when they started singing, we departed. It time for us to go. But everyone thought it was going to be a musical, didn't they? Mm-hmm. When, you're, when you're flying in the streets of Edinburgh. Because we, we did a bit of singing in a show. Yeah, great. we did a showcase thing, and we made up these songs on the oh, train no, going up to Edinburgh. It. Oh, my God. Forgot, mm-hmm. completely mis the show really yeah we shouldn't, we shouldn't really have done that no we should we should have just acted out bits with, with our big polystyrene rock yeah I mean things like those props were, the, were enough but yeah it was a bit of a cult show about a cult show yeah in a way but anyway yeah, that so that was, was that was a two three years of work and then anyway and then off we went into the world um, but yeah so Star- I am Star Trek have a Google I don't know if it still works in the world as a play? Whether it's happening in America? I don't know. Star Trek sort of died of death for a bit, didn't it? It's having resurgence now. Have you been watching? Yes. Discovery and Picard. I haven't seen Picard, but Discovery, what did you think of that? Because I quite liked it. I liked it, but it felt like it took a while for it to feel like pop Star Trek. Oh, do you think so? Yeah. And also I kinda of query of why are you doing another prequel? I hate prequels. Right. Which is oh, the very yeah. nature. Because it it just saps the, the imagination, the creativity out of it if you know how the story's gonna end up ultimately. Aish. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it becomes contrived. So Enterprise, when they did that, sorry off on a tangent. No, 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 that's what okay. here. And that was obviously that was a prequel to the original Star Trek. Yeah. And they had Ferengi in it and Borg, these aliens that the Federation never met, so you couldn't name them. So I just discovered. Okay, sorry, I'm interrupting you, but I read the other day. Oh God, this is we, we are, we're going off we on no, tangent, a edit this out. but that's fine. Um, that the Borg, they were based on Cybermen. I would not be surprised. I read it somewhere, somewhere that that. Anyway, have a look at that. Anyway, sorry, interrupting. Back to Enterprise. Well, no, that no, make up. Yeah, but you I, couldn't name it. It was just so contrived. The way they hauled these familiar fan favourite aliens it's yeah. the show when chronologically they shouldn't shouldn't have been there, there. yeah so what about so on that on prequels mm. and there's been a lot of a certain film uh, The Star Wars mm-hmm. is this how do you feel about that stuff because um, I fell asleep in the first prequel and I haven't been back ever since, basically. Ah, <laughs> uh, it's I'm a honest. shame. So I went into 1999, Phantom Menace, thinking, yeah, new Star Wars film, mm. brilliant, um, you know, fanboy, child was awakened again mm. and loved it, absolutely loved it. Mm. But then well, when you go back and rewatch it, you go, actually, this isn't very good. And, uh, you know, I spent all this energy on it. I feel really embarrassed now. <laughs> well, no, because it was something that you were so, you devoted to that it, it's, it's horrible and it's disappointing. Yeah. I'm having that with... I shouldn't say, but I'm... I think I'm about to have that with Walking Dead. <gasps> There's a teen spin-off that's meant for a, a younger audience, and it's all, yeah, and it's not going to have as much tragedy, and how, how teenagers deal with that world, basically. I'm not sure if I'm happy with that. Anyway, where's so younger audiences watching The Walking Dead anyway? Why do they like a very spin-off? Uh, exactly. I'd just be like I was sort of watered down but anyway. It's quite nice that they can do these kind of iterations in yeah. that universe and might not be for you. Like with Doctor Who <laughs> the... when they did Well yeah, exactly. that's the end of the day, it? When they did the Sarah Jane adventures and Torchwood. Oh yeah. Of, like, it was like there's a Doctor Who for the grown ups yeah, and for yeah. the kiddies Yeah, I suppose yeah. Torchwood was a bit more a bit more trendy, I suppose. In a way. Had... I don't think I'd recognise tw- trendy if it came up and sashayed in front of me. Use the word sashay. That's good. <laughs> um, so yeah. So got yeah, So anyway, that's how we know each other. That show Star Trek and science, which we'll come back to. We'll talk about in a bit. Um, so back to the very beginning. So where you were born and bred. I was born in a little town called Erith, in the London borough of Bexley. <laughs> and to tell you, to sum up, Irith, um they built a new sports centre and they had a competition to name it. And the winning entry was IRITH Sports Centre. <laughs> I grew up in the, in the place with the least creativity and imagination. Yes. Brilliant. Ever. Yeah. Have you ever seen, well, there's another tangent here, but have you, it's a, a live French and Saunders in concert. And they ask the audience, Where are you from? And somebody shouts, IRITH. And then Jennifer looks at Dawn and says, sum up Irith, and Dawn just says, Irith is Irith. And the audience thought about laughing. And that was the first time I'd heard the the word and the name Irith. And then, I mean, now I see it on the train, because I live in the same life. Of course you do, yeah, yeah. Anyway, Irith. I think Liz Smith said Irith's not twinned with anywhere, but it does have a suicide pact with somewhere. (laughs) Yeah, so, yeah, so Eryth, born so, and bred. Yeah. So, and you were there for how, till what age did you? Till my 20s. Oh, okay. Good, so a a no, long time. You did grow up there. Yeah, and yeah, there, that's great. That's yeah. um, so, how... My parents are still there. Oh, your family's all? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, so we love you, Erith, I'm sure. It's, it's yeah, 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 I love you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, so school for you, how was... Was school? Did it, were you academic? Um, I feel like you. I think, think, you think I probably was, was actually. Yeah. yeah. Um, school in retrospect, my education was not that great. Right. Although secondary school, I was in I was in the grammar stream. Yeah, grammar stream, they are comprehensive. So I did Latin. You um, had a stream. Yeah. Oh, that's so interesting. So the, the the clever people that passed there yeah I clever the people the people that could pass their 11 plus yeah, yeah, yeah. were put in this grammar stream yeah oh so how was that being did you get uh, that, surely that's going to set up animosity it didn't really no it didn't no, no. and it was, a, it, was, you know, it was in that with people that I knew from primary school so right. it was, yeah it, was a, yeah it wasn't different it was, I didn't feel like we were treated differently by right, the else okay, kind of so. either it's actually probably so it's quite a clever idea to it, not remove children from the people they've been with up to that point and then suddenly plunk them in in another school, in another building, like, away from the rest. That was quite a good idea, actually. Well done, school system. Yeah. I, I don't know what the, the thinking behind oh. it was. And it didn't. I didn't get any advantages from right. being in the grammar stream. Um, yeah, no, quite the reverse, really. Right. But you're saying, was I academic? Yeah. In our third year we didn't have an English teacher. Our English teacher left and just wasn't replaced. We had a stream of supply teachers. Um, Which in some ways was a bit rubbish. But I just grabbed a stack of notebooks and sat at the back, because everyone was talking to me anyway, and I just wrote loads of stories. Oh, really? Yeah. I wrote these big sci-fi epics. Oh, that's interesting. And I, I hated it so when a, a supply teacher came okay. in and said, "Right, well, today we're doing crosswords." Or yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, no, just leave me to do my." Thing. Yeah. Whereas everyone else was just mucking around. So I guess I was kind of academic and booky, but also writing story writing, at that, at that stage. Yeah. For pleasure. Yeah. Oh, I've written since I was, you know, since oh, so right. That's always write been with oh, yeah. okay. Oh. Written sort of fan stuff. I think uh-huh. my first story was a Doctor Who story. Obviously. Brilliant. Um, so, but, but it wasn't an unhappy time, and no, well, it kind of wasn't. It wasn't. I had a really happy childhood. Mm. My parents were great, yeah. and they, you know, I never wanted for anything. Oh, they really scrimped and struggled to to keep me and my brother happy, which was lovely. Mm. Um, but school life, um, I was bullied. You know, the usual story. I don't think. I'm not sure it's because I was gay. Mm-hmm. I think. I think I must have been somewhat, I and mean, obviously stood out being different. And so anything that's different, people are just shun away. They? Um, they're looking for it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Just to protect themselves, so that yeah, they're in the in crowd, just absolutely. push someone else out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so that happened. I think it was about 15, 14, 15. I just, I just went into my own little bubble. But fortunately, I have this amazing childhood at home, so I could just stay at home playing mm-hmm. with my toys write crappy little stories and so I was inside, I was quite yeah. happy Yeah, yeah. It was actually probably came out be quite damaged and yeah I mean I always wonder and this is a question I've said to other people is that actually having that as part of the process and not saying necessarily about being uh, LGBTQ um, but just actually being creative that it feels like a lot of us have had um, even if it's not an unhappy path but have had to fight at points in their childhood have had a struggle and I think that that definitely pushes the creative more to the forefront Um, and being pushed out and being made to be the other looking looking in it makes you examine yourself it makes you examine other people mm. Um, yeah, and that, that feeds your your creativity. It makes yeah. you more inquisitive and exploratory, which is, I think if someone hasn't been pushed in that kind of direction—not that I advocate it for everybody—then um, yeah, you don't have such a rich experience. That's a stupid thing to say, isn't it? No, but it's you know, I know. Yes, you're not yeah. thinking outside the box because yeah. you don't have to. It's easy Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, like anything I suppose I feel like anything in life has got a vote for you you don't you don't strive as much maybe no, um, no. anyway that's that's a whole podcast in itself <laughs> um, but yeah so uh, so at school what was the point when you realised that, that well at this point performing was going to be a thing for you did you start did you do was it drama at school or? no our drama we had zero drama right in, oh really yeah we had one drama teacher maybe like an hour Drama lesson, which was just awful. Um, and I was quite a shy kid anyway, so I wasn't you know at the front of the, the queue when they were handing out can parts. <laughs> which, you know, I kind of, there was just one drama lesson I remember, mm. and they were giving us this really edgy teen play, which was probably from the 60s. Right, right, right. Um, and I was such I was so naive, I was such a child. I had this line where I obviously got a girl pregnant. I didn't understand what I was saying. Um, and they, they were saying, um, but why are you wearing a sheath? Because we're from the 60s, it was so backward. And uh, uh, I was like, well, I have no idea what that is. I have no idea the context. <laughs> sheath, is it something that a shepherd uses? I don't know. But I think even if you'd said condom, yeah, 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 then it was, yeah. you know, pre-AIDS crisis and yeah. I, I don't know what I was saying. Yeah, yeah, I don't know what I was talking about. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so brilliant. yeah, completely useless. <laughs> But yeah, so so no, so school. So when so when did when did acting become a thing? I'd left school. I was nineteen. Um, no, later than that. I, I was in my early twenties. Mm. I'd left school. I had my job. I had a mortgage. I bought a flat. And at nineteen? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know you'd done that. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, no, not nineteen, but 21, 22, But still, yeah. Still, so, no. wow. That's incredible. Yeah, just kind of following that path of, well, that's what you do when you move out. You mm-hmm. bike. this is early 90s. Mm-hmm. Um, and then quickly realised, I shouldn't have done this. I should be off in town, getting drunk and enjoying myself and having a high life. Um, so I did get rid of the flag quite quickly. But while oh, okay. I was there, and I, so, so everything was sort of sorted. I had a social life. I kind of came into terms with my sexuality. Um, and I had this day job which I've had for 28 years. <laughs> right, yes. And <laughs> then I gave it up. Um, and so it's just kind of, yeah. What, what do I want to do in my life? Yeah. You know, there's no one bullying me anymore. I haven't got that pressure. Yeah. I'm in control of what I do. And it, I just thought, yeah, do you know, actually, I always wanted to be an actor. Right. But everyone had said, yeah, everyone, everyone does. So what do you really want to do? Um, and yeah, being really shy... I'm retiring because there's no way I could have gone to drama school but oh that's interesting I thought yeah okay. I, that's what I want to do and a friend of mine was in an amateur group um, so I went and joined them tried yeah. out loved it and they thought yeah this is what I know, this is what I'm born to do this is what I want right. to do so then I went away and trained and then yeah the rest so training came a bit later thing. so what, what age were you when you started drama training it was a year later so oh I was, right it's yeah, it was really really quick Maybe two years later. So right. I did amateur musicals uh-huh. for a year. So there was two of those took six months in amateur circles. Then I did play for them. Yeah. Um, and then realised, yeah, actually I can, I can act. Yeah, yeah. Can't dance for Toffee, but I can act. Um, and yeah, and then applied for drama schools and got in on a, a year course at the London Centre for Theatre Studies, which is no longer with us. Oh, right, yeah. So yeah, so then you went into the world of acting and Ooh. obviously we've talked about we were working together on that show, but for you, what was, the, what was the most enjoyable experience you had during your time as an actor? 2014, it was the last kind of year that I acted, I suppose really, um, and it was the best year I did mm. *Primes on Parade. Oh, yes, I saw uh, you do that at Greenwich at Theatre. At Greenwich Theatre, and... yeah, and then Sidmouth for the rep season. And it was just fabulous. I was asked to audition for it mm. because the, I knew the producers. And, you know, I wasn't really acting. I don't think I've done anything for ages. And then right. just this email comes out of the blue, do you mind auditioning for this? And it was, it was such a perfect part. And for me in particular, because my, my career had been punctuated by playing women i so it 's a to play... Welcome to my world. Yeah. <laughs> to play Terry Dennis, who, um, if people don't know... Yeah. It's kind of like... It ain't half Hot Mom, the Gloria character. Yeah. But he's the lead yeah, of yeah, yeah. the show. Um, and you get to do... Dress up as Carmen Miranda and do a I can, funny I can, number. I, can, I, can, I had the vision of you in that <laughs> costume in my head as soon as you said that. Vera Lynn. Uh-huh. Um, Bill yeah. Coward as well. Yeah. And... Marlene Dietrich. Of course, that yes. was amazing. Oh yes, there's a, You had a picture of you, I think, on Facebook somewhere. Yeah. You're in that. Yes, 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 yes. And we had to change that for Right. because in in the play, uh, I do a, a a song as Marlene Dietrich, yeah. and then it goes to the dressing room, and I get undressed in front of one of the young guys, and people walked out in because my body is so hideous. No, it's because you know they're, they're slightly hammered over. And so we yeah, had to rewrite the play. Yeah, we had to cut bits of the play. Yeah, it's a real shame. Oh my god! Because we're, here, we are trying to wave the rainbow flag, and the producers, you know, they're they're really they're they're all yeah, you know, gay, yeah, lesbian, yeah. and stuff. So it's not that they're they're not LGBT plus friendly, yeah. but they were obviously trying to sell shows to them, that market. So let's baby steps in 2014. Mm. That was wow. Well... But, but yeah, also that was... in that prep season, I did. Um, what the Butler song. And then I did the Dame at the Above the Stag Theatre. Yes. All in that one year. And oh, That was all in the same year. Yeah. Best, best acting year I'd ever had. So, and yes. then I gave it up. <laughs> <laughs> it's done now, I'm happy. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, Dame, yes, because you, so yeah, so you've done, you've put your, you've ventured into the, the drawers of the Dame. I have, yes. As an adult. A couple of times. Okay. Yeah. And it's great, and I love it, I, I like, I look, Love the love the stag, but the pantos they do mm. really really mm. clever Very They're well awesome. written. I think that was the best one they've ever written, mm. um, even objectively just as a, as a yeah, piece yeah. the theatre. Uh, Treasure Island, The Curse of the Pearl Necklace. Uh, yes, uh, yeah, one title. Uh-huh. But it's great being down. We were talking earlier about yeah. that the Dane sort of controls not controls, but is a barometer for the the mood of the sets, show. Absolutely sets the mood. Um, for the show, for the bit of performers but also yeah as a, uh, on stage. Yeah, yeah. One yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. well, part of the ethos for the Adam Pantos as directed by the artist Andrew Beckett. Yes, yeah yeah Is that it's a party that everyone's invited to and it's the Danes kind of party. Yeah, You're the host. Yeah yeah. And so I really took that on board. And it's lovely. I love having a party. <laughs> I love having people round. Yeah yeah. So that was so yeah that was twenty fourteen. yeah um, so that kind of takes us into the... Well, I mean, clearly, we've already said that you've been mm. writing forever. But when... So at that 2014, was it at that point that you you you'd sort of made the decision to make the, the push towards Making writing? Me. Or was there a time between...? When I you think could, I have already yeah. happened at that point. Right. Because I'd been writing solidly, writing fan fiction, and I had a Doctor Who website, Doctor Who Comics website, yeah, that yeah, ran yeah. for... Far too long. I right. should have put that away a bit earlier. Right. Um, but I wrote a play. I, it was 20. Yeah, but then also, I think at the 2007. Um, yeah, what it was, I always thought I was going to be a teacher. And I thought, yeah you could okay <laughs> yeah so you to, oh, right, okay um, and I thought yeah you can play around being an actor but if you don't make a success of it you've got to go and train to be a teacher <laughs> by 40 and I'd reached 36 and thought right I'm going to have to start thinking about university and teacher training stuff and I thought oh, I don't want to I really don't want to let's mm. write a play <laughs> instead let's have a crack at writing so yeah I did some courses wrote play mm-hmm. um was working at uni theater doing a piece and i showed it to sasha there um she didn't read it but she said "Clearly, you're a writer now we want to do an adult christmas show why don't you write it and we'll put it on so I did that two years running what a what a gift oh, to be see this is a funny thing when you go back and, and you go oh these things have course yes right yeah 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 yeah." so, so it's, it's oh my god and then you had now okay there we go I'm thinking Phil had the um, I would say I would describe it as Lee Barry. yeah head makeup. yeah I mean, actually that yes was, that That's, was that right that was that yeah, yeah. that was a the oh, joy I mean, of that yes there we go there's a life right right yeah that was a long time ago that was uh, yeah 11 years ago um, um, it was a, a Christmas show not a panto because um, yeah. I, did, I didn't I had to write Plato. But it was kind of fairy tale characters and yeah. a murder mystery. It's kind of a dark horror. And I played the narrator that spoke only in Ryan. Yeah, yeah. Which was really nice. Again, it was that kind of Dane role essentially yeah, yeah. I was sort of the bridge between the audience and the yeah. the story. Yeah. And it was lovely and it was so, that was a really nice job because everyone was just so because I was the writer as well, I was so respectful. And I was like it was like the dad. They they gave yeah. me a Christmas card to dad. Oh, really? <laughs> at the end of the. Yeah. yeah, at Christmas. It's nice when you become that person, because some people would be offended by it, but like we were saying before we'd started that, yeah, I have that. With, I, I've, I become mum quite often in, in scenarios, and it's, it's alright, I don't mind. No, it's yeah, lovely. Really right. And it's a privilege in many ways. Mm. Yeah, it means we're good people. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um. So, yeah, so you would, before you'd even finish finished before you signed off on acting well yeah one of the You're reasons right. to write was to write yeah. my own work Yeah, and that worked out for a bit I was in a few of my own little plays and bits yeah, and pieces yeah. but then yeah writing just kind of took over because my casting was quite limited and especially if I want to put myself in the lead role then I'm going to be writing for certain types of characters sure. and I was more interested in other people Yeah. to write parts that I couldn't play mm-hmm. um, so I got a gig on Big Finish. Yes. Yeah, so um, Big Finish, just explain them very briefly. Too. Big Finish are a audio production company, and their main thing is um, Doctor Who audios yeah. using the, um, the classic Doctors, yeah so involving remember. some of the original the original cast. casts. Yeah, Doctors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, which is quite a big, and especially for somebody who's been a fan. Huge Doctor Who fan, Five, yeah. And I started writing my Doctor Who stories mm. in 1985 when Colin Baker was oh, the Doctor and Nicola Bryant was the assistant. Oh, and my first big finish episode was for them. And <laughs> I was like, this has come uh, full circle. Funny. Yeah, it was really, really good. And Nicola Bryant was so lovely. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, did you get to go in and be there and I did. Yeah, particularly listen? Yeah, these are my words, fab. Yeah, it's quite nice. nice. Bit of a fanboy Yeah. Image. So from all this happening, and you've so big finish, and you've writing, you've had uh, shows at the union. This start to happen. To, so and you're still acting, but what was the point? You said, right, I'm. Did something click with you and say? Ooh. I mean, you've said you've explained that you were enjoying writing for other people. Was there a point you went, I'm done? with trying to put myself on stage? Was there a kind of a... Yeah, there, yeah. there was more a kind of... Um, back to 2014 again, that was such a big year for me. Mm. Um, I always... I'd love telling. That's what I grew up with, my best friend. Mm. Um, and I, I just watched everything when I was a kid. It was easier when the three channels. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and so when I started writing, I always had it in my head that that's where I was going to end up that was my trajectory I wanted to write for telly ultimately mm. um, but I had no idea how to do it or the mechanics of how telly worked or anything um, and I discovered the London Screenwriters Festival it's brilliant it's an uh, annual weekend where it's kind of geared the writers of all stages but mainly newbie writers and it's all about um, the business of writing for TV and film and the craft of it and they have Really excellent guest speakers from around the world it was brilliant mm. and it was really immersive and just full of people like you mm. um, so that's kind of where I met my, my peer group we sort of together oh, okay um, so so that's how I started to learn the craft but yeah 2014 this this big year um, sort of at this, this day job that I had um, which did change. I wasn't doing the same job for 28 years. Yeah, yeah, It changed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was flexible. It gave me the time to do my acting yeah. and everything that I really wanted to do. Um, but the recession had hit. They made me go part-time. So I lost a, a day. Mm. Um, and it was collapsing underneath me. And I was thinking, there's nothing else I can do. So my, I'm not the best actor in the world. I'm yeah. never going to make a living at that, really. Writing is the only thing I can do. It was also... Hayden, uh, hey, my husband, yes. my lovely husband. Yeah, Uh His job at council was just getting, with all the cuts and everything, austerity, his job was just getting really stressful. Mm. And I thought, I I need to step up and start earning enough money that he can step back and take some time off, yeah. take some time out. Because I'd been indulged with sure. paying my way and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'd. Always had that indulgence of what do I want to do and, and do taking time off to do my like, budget films and plays and stuff. Sure. Um. So creatively, I was really fulfilled. Um. So I thought, yeah, it's time to step up. And also, in twenty fourteen, we nearly lost my dad. It was a big. Well, I yeah, yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, like he's still with us. It was like it never happened, but we came so close. Yeah, because he was—he was really ill. He had CLL. He What's that? It's kind of blood leukemia. Oh, thing. okay. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and he came. Yeah, just really, really ill. He was um, in hospital. We were talking about him in the past tense because they were saying that he wasn't going to make it. God. And I was doing private on parade at the time. Oh, yeah. Oh God, yeah. Of course. So of course. it was really really horrible yeah time but it made me realize that life's short yeah. you just cannot waste time so i got to the end of 2014 going um you want to write for tv mm. make it happen do it and so i just had this big mind shift there's mm. this is the perfect storm of stuff mm-hmm. that made me go right yeah that's where i'll be this is how to do it just make it happen yeah right. That's funny, isn't it? That because of, I don't want to say tragic, but things that are extremely stressful and worrying, and things going really well, as you were saying one year, things are going really well and things are going really badly at the same time. And it's always, it feels like, certainly for me, that's been a thing as well. Two of the best and worst things happening at the same time and actually pushing you into another. On, to, on a stage down the up the line down the line across the line whatever yeah. but, it, but yeah, shunting you, in, you yeah. sideways into yeah exactly wherever yeah and not necessarily where you would have planned to where the great plan when you leave well the plan then you, you started acting to where you are now yeah and you no idea well you'd had dreams but I don't think I had a plan though I think that's probably no, why I honestly, didn't you did it right, okay. it's probably why I wasn't really that successful. Whereas, you know, I'm not saying that I'm hugely successful as writing, but I, I had planned. You're doing all right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, you're doing, you're doing, you're doing all right. fine. Um, but, yeah, planned. I think there's a lot to be said. So then it became that you started. Yeah, yeah. And it was just a massive... Punch in the life mm. and just knocked me for six, mm. and I'm a completely different person because of it. Mm. Yeah, I know, I think, yeah, loss will do that. Like yeah. Neil, Neil, Well, yeah, and this is why I feel I feel a bit of a fraud because gone through all that, but we're still going. Well, amazing though that, that you did have that uh, Yeah, 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 know but. Um, certainly for me it's, uh, it's been a thing grief has been a thing yeah and yeah. we talk about a lot and I'm happy to talk about it. and if everybody wants to talk about me I'm always there i said this on the podcast before but yeah um, it does it changes it shifts things um, so yeah so then you uh, kind of your path till from going right okay being in the right circles going to workshops doing all that Ooh. you were saying earlier it took you about four, it four years, years yeah and here you are now with uh, EastEnders and Casualty, under yeah, your belts, yeah, yeah. And loving it. Absolutely love it, yeah. Pinch myself every day. Were well, you, uh... Did you follow EastEnders? I mean, you, have you always been a, an EastEnders watcher? No. Really. No? And this is why I, I... It was quite a cynical move to go, continuing drama, they take new writers, that's how I'm going to get in. Mm. So on the surface it was quite cynical, but the more I think about it, the more I realise... Actually, no, I do do love EastEnders. And I always thought it was like my soap because I was there when it started. Yes. I was so excited when it started. Mm -hmm. Um, Although I missed the first episode because I was up in town with my nan. (laughs) But they they did the omnibus, so I've caught up on the Sunday. Do you remember they used to do the, um, if you missed an episode, their phone line? And you phone it up, and it's Pauline Fowler saying, Oh, I'm really glad you phoned. You never guess what's happened this no week. Way. Yeah. I don't know how much it cost to probably run up a huge That's phone bill phoning that every week. Really? I didn't know that. Existed. Yeah. Wow. That was brilliant. <laughs> Obviously, it, it must have died a death because there were storylines that Pauline Fowler wasn't privy to. She yeah, couldn't photograph it and say, You know, Dirty Dan's got my daughter playing. Yeah, girl. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, that wouldn't make sense. Oh, how funny. So I'd always grown up oh, with nice, the is. soaps, and we always had the telly on. Like I yeah, said, telly yeah, was my friend. Yeah. So Coronation Street, Emmerdale Farm, mm. as, it, as well as when the plane crash. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, it's funny that then now we've had Tony, who's a previous, previous guest. Yes, um, I heard Tony's um, thing. His, yeah, and it's funny how there was a point where we were doing play readings and acting together, and and now everybody's... Yeah, it's all changed. Yeah, because I was in a reading of Lightning Strikes. Yes, with Tony, God. with David Ames. That's right. David and Ames how that's was all... in. I did a reading of my first play, mm. and he played the the young new part. How oh, funny! Isn't it? And you've have you written? the unwritten Holby. No, no. I was going to say that was that was funny when Tony and Tony's writing for David, and that that all was coming. Yeah, yeah. Together. It's a. Uh, Small world. Whatever you do, even if you even if you leave acting, you still end up the same people. But um, but yeah, Um, yeah, we're all connected. It's all the same industry. But yeah, so to go into Elstree and that first time when you knew you were (coughs) the job was yours. Yeah, totally exciting. Oh yeah, beyond excited. And just to just be up there in the TV studios, there's some magic about TV studios yeah. and, that, and that history. When you step off the train at L Street, there's pictures of Barbara Windsor uh-huh. and uh-huh. Uh, Harrison Ford. And just, right. You know, I was at BBC TV Centre last week just for a, a talk across the TV, the rest the Yeah, days. yeah. And I've never been in the TV Centre and I've never been that close. I've been in the TV Centre next door. Yeah. I've never been up to the donut. And so I went I... in and took photos, which is. My skin yeah, was yeah, just yeah. buzzing. Yeah. Because it was like, oh my god, the history. Standing where French and Saunders argued with the concierge. Yes. No, I yeah, I I've, I went a couple of times. Yeah, it, but it felt like it was it was a bit more like Disney, yeah, I've never been to Disneyland but it was kind of like, I'm not really interested in Disneyland. It was like oh, oh, this I guess. magical. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, as you say, thing, and it was always the beginning of television shows. People arriving at it was always a big deal going through those gates. Yeah, 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 yeah. Iconic, yeah. And to feel that you're you're part of that. Mm-hmm. That was that was the big thing when I did my first EastEnders. Mm. It was part of the um, uh, Ruby rape storyline, and okay. I felt a real kind of privilege to be adding a chapter to that yeah. ongoing story. So, who's been the character that from back in the day who's still around that you were most excited about? Getting down I think it was Sharon. Uh huh. Uh huh. Because she's just okay, I love a diva. <laughs> yes. I love. I love a big, strong woman character. She's, and Sharon's brilliant. She's been there since the beginning. She's been and gone. Been and gone, but but she was there. She the was place. there right at the yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. And she's, yeah, she's been a really, really, really nice lady as well. I met her at this really, party. Uh-huh. Um, obviously don't have a lot to do with the actors, but we, sure. met, we met Tish. Uh-huh. And she was lovely. And, yeah, a real star, I felt. In an old, old, school Yeah, a real old school star. She was really she quite glam. She was quite camp. And quite, yeah, sure, of course. Um, and, yeah, full kind of fun. And she spoke to me and Hayden about gay issues and stuff. And right. just for those, like, I that, what, like 10 minutes. Uh, yeah, yeah. We felt like we were the most important people in the world. Uh-huh. She made us feel like that, I thought that's, 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 that's the essence of stuff. Like I was in, in awe. And I don't do awe mm-hmm. lightly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, absolutely. That's nice. But it's nice when that happens and somebody that you've got some respect or time for gives it back. Yeah, it and is nice. Yeah. And sometimes yeah, yeah. you meet people behind the camera, they could be... The yeah, ego field. Yeah, we've always yeah, we all encountered those people. No names to be mentioned, but absolutely. We'll not. talk about it afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> um, well I'm glad that was that's yeah, how exciting. Ooh. Um and I mean we'll talk about other things as well, but just for your kind of how do you foresee your future now as a writer? Obviously ongoing work with soap and Yeah, but Really loving what's the East Yeah, casualty as well. Yeah, casualty as well, yeah. But yeah, ultimate aim, I was saying before we start, yeah. as conceited and arrogant as it sounds, I would like to be the next Russell T Davies. That is, that's the dream. Yeah, that's the aim. Mm-hmm. And just, yeah, I'd have my own series and say the kinds of things that I want to say. Do you have ideas? Loads, absolutely loads. Yeah, yeah, brilliant. I, and you're constantly having to come up with ideas because you pitch something yeah. and it falls flat, and then you've got to come back with something else and be 100% committed to so that yeah. well. But then but ideas you can keep for yourself. Oh, well, nothing's wasted, yeah. yeah. And it yeah. will come back in five years' time and pitch it again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, as I, I think I'd said to you, I, if you could just explain in brief how putting together an episode, because a lot of people just don't, and there's no reason they would know how that happens. No. From, kind of from, you've been told you're going to write an episode. Can you just explain that? Yeah, so I, the storyliners have already worked out what's going to happen and it's all done in blocks, of like a month, yeah. which is then broken down into weeks and then episodes. So you yeah. are given an episode, you know that you are writing that episode, and you're given the, the, the serial document story document, uh, which details the whole month, mm. so you know what's happening before and after your episode. Yeah. And for EastEnders in particular, it's, it's quite prescriptive in the sense that they, they tell you everything that's gonna happen, which is fine. You just come in and fill it up with Victoria Wood quotes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. um, yeah, yeah. and then you, you so yeah you go through a process of drafting with a script editor they feed notes from producers yeah, um, and notes I was talking to, with um, someone who thought that notes were a bad thing and they were saying how many times do you get notes before they decide oh this isn't working but notes notes are good mm. they, uh, yeah. yeah yeah absolutely you have to have them I was liking it to shooting an arrow at a target. you oh. shot your arrow, and then someone comes along and says, right, you're a metre away from the target, so do it again. Yeah, 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 yeah. But and it's not a it's not, it's not telling off. It's just, yeah. this, is, this is what you need to treat. I think a lot of people would think, if people in a, in a lot of jobs, I suppose, outside of our world, if you get somebody telling you to redo a thing, mm it's, it's like incorrect, it wrong. Yeah, yeah. but it's only in a well not a, in, 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 in creative world creative worlds that that is part of the deal yeah e- yeah even with acting if you don't if you don't get notes then I'm worried but um, yeah so but isn't it funny you have that that's funny because I, I, I still think... have that mentality I don't want to be told off by the teacher yeah and so when you get notes even when it's good you feel like you're being told off right and yeah. you have to really sort of fight that childish instinct yeah. So I can completely yeah, understand where that person was coming from, but but that's the process. You know, you yeah. do four drafts, and also you continue drawing. You get stuff changing, curveballs. Yeah. You get actors that suddenly aren't available, or they're changing the storyline. Sure. to Implement those changes really quickly. Yeah. So um, from beginning to end, how, how one episode you would say time-wise, what would that be for you yeah. uh, on average? About. Yeah. Seven weeks, I think, for extenders. About fourteen for a casualty. And that's just um, a process. Okay. That's not. Right. That's got casualty to do with how longer I work. because of the. Um, I think it's because of all the medical say, stuff uh, that they have to import. So seven drafts for that. Yeah. Which is fine, and in theory, you have less to do with yeah. well, it goes wrong. Doesn't always work out. Right, right. Right. Okay. Yeah there you go see that's the thing now thing. you know when you yep. sit and watch and you think oh it's only half an hour but yeah there's a lot of work that goes into half an Yes, yeah. <laughs> and you do write the whole thing that's a question that we all get asked do you write the whole episode oh yes yeah. Say, yeah and people yeah, yeah. think "Or well, you just write the dialogue for a certain character or something yeah <laughs> but it's as you say you know, why, why would people know yeah, I mean, if you're but just watching the thing yeah. and, and why would you care I don't even know if you yeah. can but about the people the, the ministers it's interesting thing. People, people who are <laughs> creatives to actually have a think next time they're watching and they're complaining about it not being great which we've done already <laughs> whatever you think of it there's a lot of work that's gone in involved exactly yeah in it's, it's, it's easy to diss something yeah. but have the respect of knowing people have spent a lot of yeah. time working on this show right? yeah right. Um, but yeah it doesn't stop us complaining about stuff <laughs> <laughs> and you know we're an audience we're allowed to complain yeah yeah, the audience giving notes as well. Um, Actually, let's first of all let's go to your favourite television show of all time. It's going to have to be Doctor Who, isn't it? It's is Doctor Who. Yeah, so <laughs> not surprised, but um, <laughs> yeah, a huge th- old Doctor Who fan from Tom Baker's days. To one of my earliest memories. Who's been your a Tom Baker? been your is he your top? I think William Hartnell probably is first one. Okay, because obviously, as a huge, huge fan, mm-hmm. I've gone back and watched. The all that's available, and I have obviously finished opinions on all of them. Yes, of but course, yeah, William Hartnell was brilliant i just loved that first series. That yeah. kind of, it was just so, so full of wonder because uh-huh. it was new. It was you know, nothing like that had been done before. Yeah, it was also so well sort of written. The characters were so, so true. I haven't watched that. I haven't watched. I don't. It's, it's a long, long time. But um, yeah, okay. I, sh- I should. I should actually because I talk to so many people who are bigger fans than myself and like myself and refer to things and I should go back and look it's been yeah. a good time um, at least have a look at the first episode Another mm. Child mm-hmm. because it's brilliant it's so well written so yeah that takes me to the next question which is why do you think that science fiction resonates so much with an LGBT audience I mean there's lots of theories as to why mm. but what's your personal take on that for you my personal take is that it takes you away from the real world I mean, me specifically. At the time, I'd always been into Doctor Who, mm. but you kind of dip in and out. But there, was there a time where you go, "Like this is this is my show. I'm going to live in this show." Mm. Um, and it was back when I was being bullied in the mid eighties, mid- and it was it was just an escape and just a way of I can't I can't deal with the real world. People are horrible. That's how that's mm. what I felt at the time. I don't want. To, someone actually said to me, "You are disgrace to the human race." And that that really cut another me another go, another child, yeah, yeah. And it made me go, well, if you're the human raised, I don't want to be a part of it. So, uh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So that's another reason why I just went off into a sci-fi world. Well, did you? It just to so, so you probably did, though. Cause I used to. As a child, you remember Space Nineteen Ninety Nine? Yeah. Uh huh. I used to fantasize that I was a character in that. Now there was a, ca- the, I can't think of the female character's name, but she was able to transform. Yes, yeah. She, in um, she was in it from the beginning. She came in the yeah, second series. Second. And that, she, she was, was just so was vibrant. I mean, uh, glamorous, vibrant, yeah. exciting. Could be anything. Yeah. And, I would play Space 1999 with friends and I would be... I created a, a male... that I was her brother or cousin or something because that was the closest I could be. <laughs> and there was something a little bit glittery and special about her. Yeah. And so, for me, that was my escaping into being an alien. It was being an alien. But it's funny that... Do you know, I was, I was really strict on my sci-fi. Right. So her... Yeah. She'd always turn into... Animals from Earth, wouldn't she? Like yes, a yeah, yeah, or something. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think she did turn into an alien. She one did, season. she did do an... Yes, definitely. And, yeah, that, that's what I want to see. Yeah. I want to see yeah. weird rubber alien costumes. Yes. And Quantum Leap. When oh, Quantum oh, yeah, Leap started, yeah, yeah. And they said, oh, it's this new big sci-fi thing. And I watched it, like, this is got sci-fi. This is just sci-fi dressing around an American drama. And that's yeah. really boring. Give me space. Give me laser guns. Well, exactly that's I'd probably see it differently now but yeah but yeah if it wasn't if it wasn't aliens well, if it wasn't otherworldly it wasn't wasn't so that's interesting that it was that somebody even brought it to you and said mentioned to you about this world so you, yeah choose another world then yeah, I will yeah. alright it's really interesting that you were playing her brother or her cousin I was Leela I was Leela from Doctor Who oh you in just my straight best yeah yeah with a little plastic knife chucking around yeah <laughs> Leela or Wonder Woman <laughs> Oh my goodness! And Lindsay Wagner. Bionic yes. The Woman. Yeah, well, yeah. So yeah, it was always yes. Another thing with toys. My my parents were really good at getting us the, the toys that we begged for. Yeah. And they they gave me dolls that I asked for. So we had the Bionic Woman. We had Holly Goodhead. So uh, uh, James Bond, which is the, the, in uh, retrospect, awful name. Yeah, I mean, for a child's toy as well. You can't do that now. Would you? Um, and Princess Leia. Yeah, yeah um, sure. Yeah, it's funny that, yeah, so I, yeah. I love that you just went straight in. Like, I'm just going to be them. Whereas I would always be adjacent to. Yeah, funny. <laughs> um, so, okay, so, yeah, so that's your. So, outside of. Okay, here's a slightly trickier question. So, outside of science fiction, what would be your favourite television show of all time? Of all time? Oh, God. Obviously, um, <laughs> yes, obviously, if Johnson does. there. <laughs> um, <laughs> Do you know what? Life and Love is a She-Devil. Really, Do you remember choice. that? Oh, yeah, yeah. Like was, the original. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, not the film. Uh, the film was not Judy Wallace. Judy Wallace, yes. yes. Oh, um, yeah, that was so good. And Patricia Harwich, Dennis Waterman. Oh, wow. It was just one of those big... Dramas that were just big, larger than life, and it was about it was about identity, which is yes. my big old thing about people being their true selves, and it had that kind of sci-fi element as well. That this, yeah. this woman had been put upon, and here she was getting revenge on people. She was the outsider. Yeah, exactly, and and she was sort of calling on mystical forces. Yeah, Oh no, I loved. I yeah, I loved it. Found it a little. Kind of, I found it a bit scary. Yeah, yeah, in a good way. Um, well done, good choice. Thank okay, you. and so i mostly haven't mentioned is um, has music been part of a big part of your journey? Yeah, it hasn't. It hasn't. I was dreading this question. What's your <laughs> recommendations for music? And my music yes. is so backward. If I haven't got Alison Moyet on a loop, it's the Radiophonic Workshop. <laughs> <laughs> Although I've I've recently discovered Spotify, <laughs> and so it's opening me up to new things. Sure. I discovered Lizzo. <laughs> oh yeah! I did, Ten years later, I did a Lizzo oh, song panto last week. Oh really? Which yeah, one? Um, Juice. Ah. In, in, in a leotard. Oh god! Is yeah. <laughs> there this video? I think there is. But <laughs> you won't watch. But I will allow you to. I'd watch. love to watch it. Um. Yeah but yeah okay but yeah Alison good choice yeah and she's been there all the time there's every album there's a few songs that go oh my god that takes me right back have song. you ever seen her play live yeah. I have yes um, saw her in Jersey last year in Jersey Jersey randomly yeah we were doing a park run right. went to Jersey for the J we were doing her alphabet right stupid um, and uh, I discovered that okay, Alison was um, was doing a gig so it's just by chance yeah so we literally landed in the plane dumped our bags went straight to the, the concert and brilliant yeah. Yeah, yeah so I've seen her a couple of times I don't, have I, no I've never seen her live. she's fantastic um, where would people find you on social media actually Twitter Twitter yeah Philip mm-hmm. no at Philip underscore Lawrence oh, okay, nice and easy yeah and I am on Instagram as TARDIS Jedi but I've never posted I think it's just one of those things where Facebook signs you up Oh, and gives you loads do. of friends. Like, How did I get here? Why am I getting notifications, get Instagram? Yeah, once you start, once you pop, you can't stop. It's I will really, start, it's but here. it's also that kind of what's what's a good thing to post as your first food. Really? Okay. Apparently, food or uh, I'll do um, a lunch or um, shoes, um, shoes, food. Um, yeah, somewhere to Noted. start. Noted. Thank you. Um, <laughs> thank you, Phil, so much. Thank and you. we'll probably have you back again um, as things progress in life. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure. Yeah. so nice being your company. I know. Thank you. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, that was the wonderful, marvellous Philip Phil Lawrence. Um, thank you, Phil, again. Um, do apologise for some of the background noise. We were in the Purcell rooms in on London's glorious South Bank. Um, it was just, uh, it's just a great location, um, and was expecting slightly less ambience and I have tried to take some of the noise away. Anyway, so apologise for, if well, for having ladies talking about coffee and business in the background. Anyway, gang, have a wonderful couple of weeks. I should be back in two, three weeks' time. Um, stay safe, stay well, and who knows where we're going to be when I join you again in the next episode. Keep listening, keep subscribing. Thank you again. Speak soon. Bye.